Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Heroes 101 Radio, your one-stop shop for a little positivity and optimism in the modern world. I hope everyone's doing well tonight. Uh, This is Spectre, your guy from uh, the New York Initiative here on the East Coast, and I am joined as ever by my lovely co-host from the West Coast, the lovely rock and roll. How are you doing, my dear? I'm doing so much better now. (laughs) Doing well. uh, But I want to know something. I want to know why our, our, our intro music sounds like it's warped from hell what is going on with that i mean I think that's just us i think this is i think when you reach a certain age that's just what music sounds uh-huh. like you think so you think it's that or you think maybe it's warped through osmosis or something i don't know maybe. Hanging out long that's, what she said. that's wow. what she said um and as, <laughs> ever, as ever that's what she said um our, our friendly neighborhood night bug on the soundboard good evening sir wow wow really? we, Wow, dude, you have just peaked in your nerd nerdness tonight, but that's okay. I peaked went, a long time ago. You went Star Wars. You know, I I don't know whether it's just me. Um, we uh, we did a, a last radio show. It was actually two weeks ago. We normally do these every week, but we uh, we took a break. We're allowed a break. Um, mm-hmm. And we took a lot. Our last radio show was themed on um, the the best of 2016. We're trying to you know give the highlights of the last year. And um, just before that radio show, we heard that Carrie Fisher died. And, man, you know, for anyone who was listening into that radio show who thought, well, you know, this was supposed to be a highlights of a year, and these guys sound really freaking depressed. Yeah. We were, and, and no apologies there. And I wanted to share something. I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, um, there were obviously a bunch of celebrity deaths and losses in 2016, which just sucked. The year was a, a shit show from that point of view. Um and for me, one of the ways of coping with Kerry Fisher, who for me was one of the, the hardest deaths to cope with, was um, she released a book um, earlier on last year called uh, The Princess Diarist. And and this book, she goes into, as unapologetically as she was in everything in life, she goes into great detail about a bunch of stuff, including what it was like filming Star Wars, you know, what it was like being a teenager, getting involved in Hollywood, and, you know, her relationship with her parents. There's a ton of really, really honest and insightful stuff in there um and one of the topics that she covers is a love affair that she had with harrison ford and and she quite poignantly says if i don't tell this now at some point i'm going to pass on and someone far less qualified is going to tell this story in a far less factual way so uh, i may as well just come out and spill the beans about this thing now and and it's not sorted it's not you know a ton of detail but she talks a lot about how she and harrison ford hooked up and and what you know the way it went and for me there was a a really really insightful thing that she says um as part of this she she actually includes some excerpts from her diary and she she um she admits before that that she smoked a ton of pot with Harrison Ford on the weekend so just stay in his smoked a shit ton of pot and um and she said like i haven't done marijuana since that summer you know she uh 
she completely swore off it because it had a really profound effect on her. And she, she had one particular trip, um, and it was some bizarre trip she went on with, yes. imagine some talking trout or some fish. And, uh, but as part of this trip, she, she talks about the most profound thing. And she says, this, this person that she's talking to in this drug trip says to her, um, you're looking at this the wrong way. You have the microscope turned around the wrong way. You're looking at it from the end that makes very small things seem very large. Whereas there's another way, if you turn that microscope around, it makes very large things seem very small. And you know what? The type of people that you uh, interact with on the other end of that microscope, when you're looking at very big things appearing very small to you, they're a pretty good group of people to hang out with. And you know what? For me, that, that's something that's been, um, been sticking with me over the last kind of couple of days since I read that in her, uh, in her book, that um, it, it's very easy to make very small things seem very big in your life and to blow things out of proportion. And, and she particularly talked later in life about how that applies to the Internet. You know, you can... <clears throat> you, <clears throat> You can take criticisms that people throw, um, blow them up into much more than just one person's opinion. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's really been sticking in my head the last few days. And, um, you know, what? someone was, was saying to me something else tonight, which was kind of along the same lines, that um, this, this person I was talking to tonight I had dinner with at some conference, and he's a teacher. And he said, you know what? Some teachers see that knowledge is power, and they, and they grasp that power, and they try to stop other people sharing that knowledge. And, um, and you know, by doing that, they feel like they elevate themselves over the people around them, that they're superior to those people. But he said, you know what? My whole philosophy for the last 35 years that I've been teaching is um, I, I try to share as much knowledge as possible. And maybe the students who come to my classes feel like they leave those classes uh, inferior to me, like I'm superior to them in some way because I was a teacher. But you know what? They come back to me and they say, hey, I found this problem. Can we work on it together and can you help me solve this problem based on the class that I came to? And we collaborate on that problem. And every time I work with a student, I gain yeah. knowledge, they gain knowledge, and we improve, you know, we, we both improve over the years. Um, and he said, you know, that makes me a better teacher, that makes them a better person, and, and we, we all improve. There's no superior, inferior thing here. And that, that's kind of what I'm hoping for tonight. We've got some really, really awesome guests on the show, and I feel like I'm now bigging them up way too much, and they're going to feel like there's a ton of pressure to, uh, to perform. Um, but we've got some, some really interesting topics to cover tonight, and I'm feeling like, uh, as probably the least informed person on this show about the things that we're going to be talking about, maybe I'm going to learn something myself. So there you go. There's my preamble. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> fantastic. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Are you kidding? You started off the night with some some wisdom from Carrie Fisher. How how can you be apologetic for that? So, hey, so that alone, what, if you. if anyone's hearing this and thinking, "Holy crap, it's sad that Carrie Fisher died." Read the Princess Diaries. There's uh, it's still really holy crap. Carrie Fisher died, and it's sad. But there's uh, there's a ton of stuff in there which is really really um and as well as her other books and interviews and everything else she's ever done you know as a as a phenomenal person um there's a lot in there that'll speak to you it's it's pretty cool stuff. can I absolutely read that now whoop that someone's uh, <laughs> someone's phone's a buzzing ah, someone's phone's a buzzing. someone power oh, drilled my head there to shut me right? up <laughs> so i guess before we before we come on and introduce our guest maybe we should uh backtrack a step there and talk about who the heck are we and uh what are we talking about? Um, do you want to do the honors and talk about who we are? Sure. Why not? Um, 
Uh, we are the we're, we're Heroes 101 Radio for one thing, but we were we were created wow four years ago, Spectre. We are four years old now. So in dog years, that's pretty good, I and mean, that's pretty seasoned. <laughs> Seasoned but not saggy. We are um, we are a radio show that was put on by a group called The Initiative, and The Initiative, for no easier way to put it, um, the media calls us real life superheroes. We don't usually call ourselves that unless it makes it easier for you to understand that we're just a bunch of good joes to try to go out and seriously serve our communities however we can in, in so many different ways, and we're. Um, international now we have branches across the u.s and in the uk um and uh we are always looking to help people live a happier safer healthier life and we do that in in many ways and if you want to know more about us and this this ragtag group of altruists uh you can check us out at at, um www like i need to include that notice um initiativecollective.com tells you all about our branches and all about what we do and and if you've got a hankering to help out you can uh i'm sure that you could find something to do by just checking out one of our pages you can you know um find uh an area that 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 suits you best and uh join us in whatever we do there in that area and we do so much i'm not even going to list it right now but that's that's who we are and that's uh how this show came to be and we're really glad you're listening right now we're sure you'll learn something. We will, right? We're going to learn something tonight. That's our goal. Yeah? <laughs> That's what she I'm said. looking at Bug, and he's looking at me like, okay, if we have to. That's what I she guess. said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break those things. <laughs> Just kidding. That was a good. That was a good summary. So I tell you what, I'm going to, without further ado, I think we should bring on our guests, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, explain the topic that we're here to talk about, and that'll probably be uh, fairly apparent with the guests that we have on. So. On the line with us right now from uh, the wilds of uh, Connecticut in the snowy northeast, uh, I'd like to welcome Shauna. Good evening, Shauna. Good evening. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. You really, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite something. Isn't that fun? <laughs> we like to make our guests feel special because they are special. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess the listeners listening in have probably twigged by now by the fact that they hit a link to listen in that uh, a lot of what we're talking about today is to do with uh, women's rights and, and some some movements that, that have been going on for a while and, uh, and uh, culminating this weekend. I um, <laughs> sure, I kind of alluded to this just before the show, but something you said the other day on Facebook made me laugh so much that I thought we really need Shona on the show, and um, <laughs> you, you had a uh, a puppet-making party, is that right? Uh, I did. I we, we made posters because my daughter Summer and I are headed to Washington um, Friday night, so we'll be there all day Saturday for the the march, the women's march. And um, I made a poster. It it but it is a puppet. It says Putin's PP puppet, and it's got it's it's. I'm not much of an artist. I'm an interior designer, so I know how to do stuff. But I was very proud of my art because I used fake hair that we got from all of our hairbrushes, and we matted it together for a nice oh my Trump effect. <laughs> so, um, and then of course I had to draw a tiny little pecker on him, just and tiny little hands, because <laughs> there has to be a root of the problem, which I assume might be in his hands. But that's just a small part of 
of our fearless leader there. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you thought it was funny. I, I, I think humor, I, I know it's not, it's actually so tragic, I think, what's going on. But uh, humor is my coping mechanism for sure. No, I yeah, I completely, and uh, I I think we have to share a photo after this of Putin's PP puppet because uh, okay. you know, I I really didn't want this to descend into Trump bashing, but it, a it's so easy and and so appropriate, but b it was hilarious. So I think we'll have to uh, have to share a photo on the Facebook group afterwards. But uh, but yes, <laughs> welcome, Shauna. I think on the line as well. Um, in the the creepy manner of uh, she's in the house with you. Um, <laughs> I think we also have uh, also my good lady wife. Are you on as well? Yep, I'm here. Yes. Um, uh-huh. So my wife Ellie was also on the show way back from the stage. Woo! Yay. Welcome, wife. Um, <laughs> yay, my wife. Um, it was also on the show when we did the Warrior Dash show way back in uh, June of last year after successfully completing our first Warrior Dash as a married couple. How crazy is that? Um, and we'll talk about the Warrior Dash at the end of this. I think we should uh, we should cover that off before we leave. But uh, um, So Ellie's been involved heavily with the Pussy Hat Project, which will, uh, filthy name, which we'll come back on to uh, later in the show as well. Um, so I, I don't know whether we have any other guests waiting in the wings at the moment, do we? I think we, we do. We have two, oh. and they have uh, the same area code as you, so I'm thinking that they that you would know these two. So should we bring my, them on? My local New Yorkers. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, there you go. Both at the same time? Can we do that? Is it legal? Oh, my God. In some, <laughs> in some states. Go ahead, try it. All right. <laughs> callers. 914 callers. If we let both of you on, who is this? Well, this is Emily Laughlin. Hi, hey, Emily Laughlin. Yes, one of our guests. <laughs> and it's Lisa Hoffick. Hey, Yay! Lisa, welcome back. Hey, sorry, yes. Mike. Okay. No, 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 don't even worry about it. The gang's all here. We're, we're pretty happy. You're absolutely on point. So for, for people who don't remember, Lisa was on our show. Um, Lisa's been on a couple of our shows, actually. One way back when, when we were talking about sex trafficking in New York and, and the, the kinds of things that everyday people can help to uh, to impact that. And more recently, um, the uh, subsequent show after the election where we talked about the uh, the climate of fear that had developed and what, what everyday people can do uh, there, which was... Uh, a really good show, probably the show that I've had the most feedback on. That was oh, really short. that was a pretty heated show there. <laughs> it was uh, it was a fun one, and um, yeah, you know, I, I had a lot of people talk about when are you guys going to do the follow up to that show? It really felt like it was cut off before you finished, and um, so I guess this is kind of it. Um, and and Emily, uh, I believe you you work with Lisa on on your uh, your campaign with with the Women's March, right? Um, I, I work with Lisa actually in professional life, working for the New York State Assembly, but we're also friends and both involved in the uh, Women's March as well. Ah, fantastic. Two-pronged attack. Um, <laughs> good. So so welcome, both of you. So I guess what we're here to talk about tonight is what what is the current climate of the country and how does that affect women and, and what are we doing about it in practical terms? So I, I suppose opening up the floor... Um, why, you know, I suppose, why do we feel that there's a problem right now? I guess some of it's obvious, some of it may maybe not so much. Um, and what impact is that having on your lives as women, women living in America since uh, November, since the election? 
Well, I think, you know, this is Lisa. I think that, I mean, all we have to do is just look at the news, and we see that basically, you know, almost every day there's a, there is some sort of attack on not just um, all marginalized groups, I mean, uh, certainly all marginalized groups, but but towards women. That's one of the, one of the things that um, that propelled um, the, the organizers of the Women's March to go ahead and start this whole thing. I mean, the you know you you, you asked about the, the asked about the climate. Well, I mean, if you look at what Congress has just done with the with um, with the resolutions to appeal the Affordable Care Act and how they're going to impact millions of Americans and and how much it's going to impact um, impact um, reproductive health care um, in the country uh, for women. It's it's this is al- this is alarming, and this is one of the reasons why uh, we really have to stand up and use our collective voices to say this is not right. We cannot do this, and you cannot do this to us. We will not let you do this. Right. Yeah, I, agree. I think um, I think when we when we last talked, you know, there was uh, there was some evidence even within a couple of weeks after the election of. An uptick in um, in prejudice against uh, Islamic groups, against uh, against immigrant groups, and, and against uh, you know females and, and minority groups, including women in particular. It, uh, you know, it seemed that there was clear evidence that things had changed for the worse. Um, I guess that's a very compelling reason to do something about it. I don't know if you saw there was an article that came out, um, an incident that came to light yesterday. I forget the um, details, but there was a politician who is, has been brought up on charges for grabbing one of his colleagues by the genitals, and his comment was, it's okay, I'm allowed to do this now. And I, I think, saw that. He was a guy from Greenwich. He's a Republican. Yeah. yeah. I think for me that kind of sums up the general feeling is, um, women are just one group that's been targeted, not just by Trump, but by the um, by many people in the incoming administration. They've said and done things in the past which have made it clear that they don't understand or respect women, and it it's making people who think along similar lines feel justified in their opinions and um, it it just it kind of solidifies this idea they have that women are just things and their currency and they are trophies and their political bargaining chips and they can't be trusted and they you they can't they shouldn't have contraception because then they're going to go have sex places but men should have viagra because men deserve sex but women don't and if you do have sex then you should be punished with a pregnancy that may um, affect your life negatively and there's just a whole really, really ugly outpouring, but I feel like it's shining a light in dark places, and the people coming forward from those places are feeling justified in um, really ugly acts. You know, one of the things, yeah, I mean, sorry. Uh, you know, one of the things that from 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 that article that you mentioned, Ellie, was you know when he said, um, you know, I don't have to be PC anymore. I can say what I can do, say and do whatever I want. I got into an argument with someone because they thought, well, men have been doing this to women all the time. They've been grabbing us, you know, or they've been grabbing women all the time, and it's happened before Trump. It's going to happen after. But I argued this is a norm. This is normalizing this. This is normalizing this horrible behavior. Trump and his cohorts and all of his actions. They are normalizing this. They are basically. They are basically saying, you know. 
they're they're basically saying we've um, th- this is okay for us. It's so therefore it's okay for you. How is that? How is that not a normalizing of, of behavior? I just don't understand this. I don't understand the the, the naysayers who's, who 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 want to turn a blind eye to this and 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 because if that's not normalizing behavior, I don't know what is. And I think as well, going back to what my wonderful husband said at the beginning about pussy being a dirty word, it shouldn't be a dirty word. And I think it does highlight that double standard where Trump says pussy and it's, oh, boys will be boys, it's locker room talk, it's just what they do. And yet women say pussy and suddenly we're being offensive and we're being strident and special snowflakes and looking for offensive things that aren't there and... It's just it's frustrating that it feels like men are allowed to use those words, and it's just it's no big deal. But as soon as women try to take it back, then we ought to be shut down because we're being harpies. Yeah, I think you're totally right about that. I, I see people when I use the word pussy, if you even when you were describing like what happened with the initial pussy gate situation just the word when a, when a woman says it i think it it puts people it makes people very uncomfortable which is telling yeah and as well that the, the other use of pussy is either describing usually um a sex act done to someone if it's a man saying it um or it's an insult and it it's kind of it's annoying that you know, it it would be good if we could just be given some credit for trying to take it back and just um, make it more of a positive. Yeah, it's funny. You know, you, you mentioned the, the grabbing people by the genitals. Impact is in our chat room, who's uh ever-faithful guest in the chat room here, says uh, that's how you end up on some sort of list. And damn straight, you know, in, in New York, you can end up on a sex offenders list by peeing in public. Um, and yet somehow you can grab someone by the genitals and not. That uh, seems a little perverse to me. You know what, I hope that guy is going to find himself oh. in some trouble, though, obviously. Right. I'd hope there are some repercussions there, yeah. I was going to go back to what I think it was Lisa that was talking about how it, it, it's becoming you know, just normalized, something like that, and now that we have a spokesperson like Trump saying just blatantly saying that, yeah, I did this, and and it, just daring us to do something to him because he did it. Uh, to further normalize it, I mean, you've got people who have been convicted of rape. I mean, that one guy that only did six months um, and and was, was let off, you know, after being found guilty for raping someone, and, you know, that's, it, it's really hard to fight this fight when you don't even have justice on your side there. So um, <clears throat> I think that all the frustration and rage that we have, uh, when you bring it together uh, in a, you know, I'm predicting more than a million women um, on Saturday. They say, you know, maybe two, 200,000, 400,000. I'm, I'm, I'm going to easily say a, a million, you know, people there. On Saturday, I think that that's that's a wonderful, wonderful way to express just everything that's been going wrong, um, especially lately in this climate, in this political climate for women and and for other groups that have been targeted. So um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I, I hats off to anybody who's who's involved in making this 
just a big, successful, historical march in Washington. Well, hats on, hats on might be more appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> hats on. Yeah, I mean, just put the hats on, especially. Come on, you guys, you're segueing the shit out of this thing. Let's let's, let's talk first. I'm in the middle of knitting mine right now. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> Ellie, I got out my knitting needles. I'm knitting. I still want yours in case. I don't know. I haven't knit for maybe 15 years, but um, I was amazed. <laughs> I'm I'm doing one right now, so I, it it seems appropriate to be knitting during this. If you get stuck, let me know. It's quite easy. Yeah, I think I'm in good, I think I'm in good shape, but um, I don't want to pass up my Ellie hat that I have coming to me because I'm very excited. Are in the way. I did only send you two though, and I know that your neighbor wanted one as well. Yep, so that's why I'm knitting. They won't go to waste, and we'll be in perfect shape. So thank you so much. And as um, Ellie made a great suggestion, because I had a neighbor on Facebook who was asking for one and wanted to pay her, and she suggested to make a donation to Planned Parenthood, which is just a fantastic way for us to empower more women and to kind of have our voice, your voice, you know, in a way to thank you for how many hats have you made, Ellie? I'm working on number 35. Wow. wow. Woo, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if we go um, start at the beginning for the people that aren't aware. So the Pussyhead Pro- Project was um, thought up a few days after the election just as a chance to try to heal and do something positive. Um, so it's a practical step. I mean, it's going to be... I mean, it's actually going to be much more mild than um, usual, but um, in Washington it's going to be cold, so people are going to need hats, and the idea of the project is to create a really striking visual um, that will be all over the media of just a whole sea of women in these bright pink hats, so just a whole sea of bright pink hats. It's just a really unifying image. But within that, because they are all handmade, there is that kind of level of investment and care. Um, so it's a really good way for people who aren't able to go on one of the marches to send their support. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of, it, you, there are so many layers, and the more you look into it, this is where it's spoken to me, because the more you look into it, the more it's just, it just ticks all the boxes. And the more you go down, there's more symbolism there. I mean, the whole thing of, um, craft traditionally being the um, uh, a woman's um, focus, and it used to be that crafts were the way um, that a woman would actually be the breadwinner in the family um, back in the olden days, um, before the Industrial Revolution kind of undermined the value of handmade clothing and things. Um, so it's traditionally seen as women's work, and it's traditionally, well, more recently it's been incredibly undervalued, so there's a lot of symbolism there. Um, but the Pussy Hat Project website does um, talk a lot about um, the time it takes to make something, and quite traditionally it was women getting together and making things together, and it was a calm and quiet and supportive space to share news and get advice and just kind of passed on knowledge and wisdom between the generations. Um, so just on every level, every aspect of this project is so meaningful. And it's, it's been, I found it incredibly therapeutic, and not least because just knitting itself on an individual level is incredibly meditative. And it is impossible to stay 
feeling kind of screwed up and confused and worried if you are doing um, this kind of nice creative thing that is going to hopefully have a have a big impact. So just just to backtrack there for a second, so that the pussy hats are a knitted pink hat, and and I guess the the whole idea with the design was it's very. Um, you know, a very simple design that anyone with any basic skill around knitting or, you know, any skill around knitting should vaguely be able to accomplish, right? Yeah, it's a really, really simple design. So it's basically just a rectangle, um, but the corners of the rectangle make the ears, so there's no shaping needed. A lot of people have done really fancy twists on it and done amazing things, but fundamentally it's just a triangle. And I did see, I did get a little bit upset. Um, I saw some people saying what a disgusting project it was and how offensive it was and it's undermining the project and why does it have to be pink and why why uh, it's all about the um infantilization of women by making them um wear pink that it's undeveloped and then after reading through a few more of the comments i realized that the people that were complaining actually thought that we were making vulva hats <laughs> that they wow. were that they were we were making vulva hats. Well, Ellie, oh. when you first posted it before it was a big project, I asked you that question. I said, "Wait a minute, what are you knitting? Do I need to do I need black threads to make cubes on my hat, or you know what is happening?" So I, I, I that was right when you first did it. But um, I have seen a lot of people finding empowerment in using um, that kind of symbolism and using the actual genitals, and several people have done combinations of cat ear hats with labia-like attachments, and I think there's something to be said for that, but I also feel like it's probably going to be a bit rich for some people, and there were valid points made towards that, that it it isn't going to be very clearly understood, like the subtleties of that aren't going to be understood, and it's, it's going to, I mean, if, if people are offended just by the word pussy, then seeing bad vaginas everywhere is probably not <laughs> conducive to opening up a dialogue with people who aren't particularly open-minded. Right. Well, but there are going to be people offended people. everywhere. Oh, there will. And always there. Right. Yeah. But there will be hundreds of thousands who obviously aren't and sticking together, so and we'll focus on that part of it. You know, when you were, you were, when you were saying the, something about the, about. Uh, how um, puss, the word pussy was meant as an insult. I mean, you know, it would, it would it has a connotation of someone being weak. You know, there's a really, really great Betty White um, quote um, about, about the phrase. I think we should change the word vagina to pussy. Why do people say grow some balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a pussy. Those things can take a pounding. But that's what we should do because, you know what, pussy should be a word of strength. That's it. After that, I after this march, I think people will look at pussies as being as being strong, strong women. I think so. Yep. And I think to going back to um the number of people that are expected on the march, um it has been hitting the news media. So as, as along with the project um being picked up by a lot of news sources, um a lot of yarn stores have been reporting that they are running low on pink yarn and I went to three different yarn stores this week and all of them were they they didn't have the pink yarn I wanted and I had to I had to really um compromise on the stuff oh, I wanted to pick up. Wow. 
Face yeah, my, that'll be exciting to see in person when you get there and to see all the women. I just, I'm excited to bring my 14 year old. I just feel like, in all the negativity that's going on, just the feeling of empowerment to be with all those women and and to reiterate what Ellie was saying. You know, somebody made that hat, and and you know, somebody made all of those hats, and it's just, it's it's going to be quite amazing, I I think, and it it'll hopefully take away some of the sting of the day before and and kind of going forward sending the message that listen we're we're very serious about this we're not just going to let our rights be taken away and we're not going to go quietly yeah i think that's been my focus with the march i've had several people ask if it's an anti-trump march and i'm sure a lot of people are there for that reason but for me personally um he's such an easy target he says ridiculous things and he makes ridiculous choices um, I can't criticize his hands or his penis because that isn't his choice. Um, he's just stuck with those, <laughs> anyone who has to look at them. Um, so I don't think it's fair to criticize that. But the choices he made, the, word, the words he uses, and the people that he, he chooses to attack verbally, I, as much as I did post on Facebook a while ago, like his words hurt me and they offend me. me I mean, not like personally because I'm sure he would if he met me because he's just that kind of person but they, they're hurtful words but at the same time it's what he's going to do that has the power to completely change my life and it's been a difficult few months as a woman but also as an immigrant because a lot of people have been focusing on um, his anti-immigration stance being about illegal immigrants but what most people don't realize is that from his business point of view, there are also a lot of legal immigrants that he has a problem with because he feels they are taking jobs away from Americans. And that basically just proves that he doesn't understand immigration law because in order to get a working visa um, or in order to work in America, you have to prove that there isn't an American that can do the job and companies have to jump through hoops to prove that they need an immigrant in that position and it's really really hard it's taken us five years to overcome that just that one step and get closer to being able to stay here but he's targeting that and we're basing our plans for our future i mean bearing in mind that we've got two children who've lived here for half their lives at this point we own property we pay huge amounts of taxes and yet in a several speeches he said that our specific visa is problematic and he wants to look into it and we don't know what that means, and it's it's been quite a worry to figure out how to protect ourselves and our future here based on vague plans. And I feel like that's been that's been a characteristic of his entire campaign and all of his words afterwards. But which is why I don't want to focus on the words. To go back to my original point before I rambled off of that nonsense. Um, I, I want to focus on what he's actually doing. I want to look at the pieces of paper that are going across his desk, and I want to know what he's, his, what is actually going to happen, because that's what damages me. Right. Now, I think about you, so you don't... all the... Oh, go ahead. No, I, I've, I've heard Ellie express those concerns, and I certainly know their situation. And I have friends. I work in the building industry, so I have friends from Mexico and, and Ecuador, and some are legal, some are first generation, some are probably not legal. And it's just it's a frightening atmosphere for anybody who's 
facing those kind of issues. I mean, that's beyond anything that I'm facing. Yeah, and and I know, you know, the previous show that we had on this topic, and not wanting to dwell on the negative stuff, but one of the most overriding pieces of feedback I received from that show was your comment, Lisa, about your daughter saying that uh, your daughter being a transgender woman said to you that the day after the election, um, you know, my life was hard enough and, and, you know, people were judgmental enough before this. What, what's it going to be like now and how am I going to cope in this in this, this new climate? And, and I got so much feedback from people saying, a, how brave, you know, for you to share those sentiments on the air, and, and B, what a, what a challenge it must be to, you know, to be that way in, in this current climate. There's a lot of fear out there right now, and I think that one of the things that this Women's March um, is striving to do is to, to, to tell people who are afraid, you know what, you're not alone. Um, there, you know, you've got a band of brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers who are here to support you. And I don't know if you read um, um, the the guiding principles or the platform that the organizers of the Women March, the uh, Women's March, just uh, released. But I mean, it's basically a, an unapologetically radical progressive vision for America I, where, where, we're, they, where they're not just focused on the issues, the usual feminist, um, you know, um, um, suspects of issues, you know, like, like reproductive health and, and gender equality and ERA and things like that. I mean, they, they, they are talking about, yes, um, um, the gender um, pay gap um, and paid family leave, but they're also talking about things like ending police brutality and racial profiling and then and demanding the demilitarization of 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 American law enforcement you know they're they're looking at other anti-discrimination protections and um and uh and gender affirming um um, um protections also so they're so they're really reaching out to a lot of different groups here because they're because they say you know listen we're under one umbrella <laughs> we all have something potentially to lose under this next administration. And we want to make sure that on day one, they hear us. Granted now, this is not going to be day one for our new president because he's uh, um, he's just uh, announced that his day one is going to be a Monday. But regardless, this you know, they're, they're, they're saying to everyone, you are not alone. Let's, let's, let's march together in solidarity and show them that they cannot take these things away from us. And that's what I love about this women's march. It's not just a women's march. It was. It right. started off that it's that's just a moniker, you know. Just like the Million Moms March wasn't only about moms who were who were um, who were marching um, for for better um, 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 anti-gun violence laws. These are men and women and everyone in between, because as what I know, gender is no longer binary. Um, who want to see good being done? They they think that America. You know, even if they don't think that America was great before, they want to make it great, but not under the auspices of what the new administration is going to um, present. Agree. Yeah, the thing that that is really heavily on my mind. I, I love that there are going to be so many people in Washington, but what's really touching me, what's really moving me right now, is the fact that across all fifty states. And I can't believe how many just near my hometown are planned. There, there are sister marches for Saturday everywhere. It feels as though everyone who's ever sat down 
through <laughs> any other political turmoil is standing up for this one and coming out of every age. I can't believe how many people I know are actually taking part, and I love that. Love it. It's global now. Uh, it's global. Mm-hmm. It's across the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's across the, 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 the it's, yeah. It's but everywhere. it's not I have the radical people. friends or the usual cast of characters. It's, it's, all, it's women are coming out of the woodwork, who, like you said, who, who don't necessarily always go and march or speak up. And I feel like it's, it's empowering people that are sometimes silent on issues. And it's, it's, that part about it is remarkable. Yeah, and you know, Lisa, you, you mentioned, you know, this is just a Monica, the Women's March. Um, similarly, you know, the, the, there are other things happening for other minority groups. In, in New York, there's a, a huge march by the LGBT community up to Trump Towers in, in Times Square um, to, to protest about, uh, about gay, you know, the, the comments that have been made about gay people, particularly by Pence. Um, and, and I'm planning to take my daughters down there and join, you know, as, as you can probably tell by the fact that I've got a wife on the phone right now. Um, I, I'm not part of the gay community myself, but I feel so incensed by some of the ridiculous things that have been mentioned around electrotherapy towards, you know, towards making gay people straight oh. that uh, I just, you know, I, I couldn't in good conscience not be a part of something like that. Just so right. you know, there are 616 sister marches around the, con- uh, around the world. Wow. wow. That's fantastic. And I'm going to be in one of them. Um, in our chat room, we have uh, Impact is saying gender equality isn't a women's issue. It's a fucking issue for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is why I'm glad that they're, you know, this isn't just a women's march. It's, a, you know, my, my husband will be there with me. So um, just like you, Spectre, you know, the family, we're all going out. <laughs> we're all doing this together. I think linked to that, I would like to acknowledge my wonderful husband because so many times when you hear men speaking in support of um, women and how vulnerable um, they are in society, you hear them say, oh, no, I love women. Um, I care about this issue because I've got daughters or because my wife's wonderful or because um, I was raised by a single mother who did all this stuff for me. And I think every time I hear that, I just think you've you've just made her into an object again. Like, are you saying that if you didn't have daughters, then right. women's the status of women wouldn't be an issue for you? And again, you should say you should want to support women because they are complex, whole beings, rather than um, they only exist in terms of how they relate to men. And I think that's my husband has never said. Well, I've got daughters. That's why this is important to me, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I have my moments. Yay! <laughs> Yay, Simon. <laughs> um, so I, I guess you know, coming back to that point, though, um, it, it's the the march in Washington D.C. is called the Women's March. There are other six hundred plus other marches as part of the Women's March around the world, but other marches in other cities for other minority groups as well. I mean, this is. This is a pretty huge event. I, you know, I personally struggle to remember another event in world history that had this much public uprising. Yeah, that's quite exciting. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess, you know, we talked about visibility, just being visible to the incoming administration. Is that all, all this move is hoping to achieve, or is there more to it than that? Well, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine is um, Donna Dees, um, and she was the founder of the Million Moms March, and she said that after 
that march, um, what she saw was a movement arise from it because people from across the country, they decided that they, were, that they were not going to stand for the gun violence anymore, and they actually went out there and lobbied for and created new legislation and laws, state laws, against gun violence. So, this is, so I think that what we're going to see here is a massive uprising of people who are going to be kind of bitten with the same advocacy bug. And I love the fact that this has really brought out the activism in everyone. Um, you know, um, like like you said, um, I forget who who said before that that it's not the usual radical progressive suspects that are coming out to march. It's grandmas. You know, um, I'm um, I'm uh, putting together uh, three buses for my boss to go down to uh, to the D.C. march. And let me tell you, I've got plenty of people. I've you know, uh, you know, gosh, maybe even as much as 50% of people on these buses who are over the age of 50. Mm-hmm. They want to go out, and they, mm-hmm. and they, you know, yeah, they, and they want, and they feel very strongly for reproductive rights, and you know, and their reproductive years are over. But they say, listen, I still got to do something for the next generation. This is, this is ridiculous. So I love the fact that this has just made everyone stand up and say, let's do something. Yeah, let's not be complacent. Well, my grandmother was, um, she's, well, she'd be mad if I said how old she was, but um, she's significantly older than 50 we'll put it that way um and she was talking today about how you know maybe she should go after all and i I mean i was encouraging her maybe maybe not to go actually in person this time because she can't really stand for tremendously long amounts of time but she's she was standing there and i mean she has solid adult memories of the second world war so she was really pretty (laughs) she's in this too which i think is really it's really exciting to see how it's not just one group, one generation of people. No, and I think that one of the main reasons that you see so many people coming out and doing this <clears throat> is because is because I think we've seen um, the results of what happens when you sit back for too long. I think this whole political climate is a result of a huge result of people sitting back and just watching the whole bystander effect, letting someone else, you know, deal with the problem for so long and we see what can happen. So here is where we start. And and it's my fervent hope that this is where we start to see that unless we all come together and make a lot of noise, a lot of noise, um, things are going to take way too long to change. But we've seen what happens We've seen governments being overthrown when people get together and make a lot of noise. <clears throat> so like I, I'm, like I said, I'm hoping that this is just day one, the start of, of much more to come. If this has yeah, to last I, for the I, next four years, you know, then so be it. Right. I, I, I love it. And, and you know, if, if it's not enough that, that people are becoming active who weren't before, that, you know, generations who – who have, uh, you know, and, and talking about people who were alive in the Second World War, these are people who literally fought against tyranny, against the oppression of minority groups, and against genocide. You know, these these are people who fought for good against evil in the most literal sense. 
and for them to to see this as a priority to stand up now i think says a lot and you know gives me a hell of a lot of hope in the world um and you know just day-to-day stuff geek pile radios in our in our chat room right now and uh, said that a very meek artist friend of theirs organized a sign building craft noon very unlike this person i've known for years to take that kind of initiative to make signage for the march of course and you know, again, to see everyday people just getting involved, seeing that there's a problem and feeling the need to do something is really what we're about. It's the message mm-hmm. that the Initiative and Heroes 101 have been talking about for years. And, you know, it, it's sad that it takes something like this to cause that to happen, but it's awesome to, to see people standing up and saying, I've had enough. I think the other thing that I've liked, going back to the generational thing, is um, I've been really sick for a long time of people being dismissive of millennials um, and just lumping them all in together as just lazy scroungers. I mean, even setting aside the argument about how much um, the financial situation has changed um, and it's just not possible for students nowadays to pay for themselves to get through college and that kind of a thing. I've been really inspired by seeing so many younger people on social media not just being informed but actually sharing information and encouraging people to call their representatives and to get involved and staying informed in a way that I haven't seen ever, Um, just actively seeking out information and finding out what their representatives are doing and calling them out on it. And that has, that to me, that's a really fundamental element of the march is um, it's about letting the people in power know that we are vigilant. There are a lot of us and we are paying attention, and it's it's not. They've been fra- they've been careful to not frame it as a protest because it's not a protest. This is a march, and we're going to be visible. But I've been so inspired by a lot of millennials, and just um, down to little things like a lot of people hate talking on the phone, and people of older generations, and mostly I mean me, would just ignore it. If if oh call your representative, and I would share that post, and then just never would do it because I just I don't like <laughs> things. But I've seen so many people not just saying, call your representative, this is his number, this is how to find out who represents you, actually sharing scripts and saying, I know this is scary, and I know it's way out of your comfort zone, but here is a script you can follow. This is what they're probably going to say. You're going to get through to someone who doesn't have a lot of time, and they're just basically going to put a tally in a box to say that someone else called about this issue. That's all that's going to happen. And just sharing practical ways to make a huge difference in a way that, I mean, this is how the NRA have got into such a position of influence. It's not because they've got the numbers or they have a good point. It's because they have, they're so well organized, they actually just call their representatives. So I was wondering, Emily, if you could um, kind of speak about, um, I guess, coming into the political um, stuff as a younger person. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, I went to a very politically active college. So I think for me, it might be a little bit different from the experience of a lot of millennials. I went to a woman's college in Western Massachusetts. And so we're, we sort of already had a a point of being very active in our government as we were active in the, in the student government to an extent that, even a lot of the schools that are like, oh, student government, everybody's a part of it. Um, we sort of surpassed that in a way that we, we have, I mean, when I was on campus, I can't remember a day when we wouldn't walk past the uh, 
the president's office and see people bringing petitions and stuff like that. So um, it was definitely something that grew for me in college, but definitely coming into it, and I was having this conversation with my mom earlier where we really don't do well with phones. And I mean, I'm sitting here stuttering on the phone myself, but <laughs> it's, it's a challenge to be that kind of engaged, especially because we see what we've learned about past activism in in textbooks. If, if you didn't, never went any farther than a textbook, all you'd think that the civil rights marches and civil rights movement was was marches and sit-ins. Like you'd, you'd never know that there was more to getting in contact with the decision makers and um, I, I know there was someone on Twitter. We share a first name. Her, I think she's um, she she had put out a sort of step-by-step guide to how to best talk to your legislator, and you know the the idea of making a phone call is. I work in a legislator's office too, so making a phone call really is more meaningful than any form letter you could email in. <laughs> so I, I guess that's um. It's interesting coming to being an adult in this time. Yeah, well, Emily, well, yeah. so <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say I, I, I like the fact that so you work in a legislature, legislator's office, and you say that, that, that making the phone call really is the most effective way to go? Well, we have to make a stop for every time you make a phone call. You know, I, I sit there and I look at the emails all day long, and they come in and I put them in a folder, and then – I, I I talk with my my employer and the two of us. We sit there and and draft something to respond with, and then you know we <laughs> someone sends out a response to every single one of them with a thank you for contacting me, and then we track it in an online database. But for and but for that time period, everything goes in a box, and then it comes out of the box at its time. When you're calling. Everything has to stop. I can't be writing a letter. I can't be on a phone call with someone else. And then that gets to the legislator, even if you don't actually get, you know, representative whoever on the phone, their their staff has to stop whatever they're doing and pick up the phone and talk to you for a second. And that has to be the only thing they're doing for a second. And that gets back to them. We got so many calls on one issue today and, it was totally overwhelming, and it's overwhelming in a way that the legislators hear about it, and, and they go like, oh, <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting a lot of that right now, um, whatever the issue is. In New York State, we were getting a lot of calls for ride sharing, and I'm sure on the uh, federal level they're getting huge numbers of calls. I mean, I know they are, um, that – you know, every, everything has to stop when you get a phone call in a way that it doesn't when you get an email. Wow. That's, that's a really eye-opening there because you wonder, you're going, how much, because I made the calls, but, I, you know, I'm always wondering, how much does that really do? But now that I hear this, thank you. And now I can tell anyone who says, yeah, they don't really. Yes, they do. They, they, they have to stop what they're doing. <clears throat> and take your phone call, so and you you overwhelm them with a lot, then someone's going to hear about it, and and in a more timely fashion than than if you had sent an email. Not that I'm saying don't send the emails. I'm just saying 
this is refreshing to hear that that you know from from your point of view and you're in there you're in the stoop you know so thank you yeah I mean definitely definitely keep sending me emails but the uh, the phone calls really give a personal touch to being able to have a a voice to what's happening Fantastic. it really helps if you're a constituent too if you're a constituent. Oh, I mean, it, 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 that just blows it out of the water because 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 you are the person that votes for the legislator, and um, and they have to listen to you. you know, and wow. we and we take, you know, and we try to take every um, constituent's name and phone number and how do we, how to get back to them. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the bosses call the constituents back to have that conversation with them. I know that our boss does. You know, and um, and uh, and but they but they res- but they respond. Um, you know, um, they respond in kind. And also, the another thing also is that if you get a staffer on the phone, be really really nice to the staffer because the staffer is the one who's going to convey your message. So, and a lot of times, it's this. You know, it's we the staffers who are lobbying on your behalf to our bosses, where our bosses might be on the fence about something, but we will have discussions. We will, there will be um, office meetings where we talk about the issues, and we, will, we have the opportunity to go, and, to go to bat for that issue with our bosses, and, and we can change their minds, too. You change our minds, we can change theirs, or we have you, a better chance. If, if you have a personal wow. reason why something is important to you, like, Go ahead and share it because they have to be on the phone with you, A. And B, it's so much easier to lobby someone or convince someone or even give a justification for why they voted that way on the floor of their house. If they have a story, even if it doesn't go with your name, just a story that, you know, this person meant this much to them because of X, Y, Z experience in their life, it's a lot more meaningful than I think it's right. You know, um, so uh-huh. that's always a, a good part that often comes out more in uh, in phone calls than email. Wow, great tip. Um, for you, Lisa, I was wondering, I know I keep going back to it because I'm incredibly self-centered, but to what extent is it appropriate for me to get in touch with my representatives if I'm not able to vote? Very. And it's likely to be a good. Um, no, very. Case, it's going to be five years. But I was just kind of thinking, if it does, if if they, I mean, I I kind of from, um, from one point of view, I'm thinking, well, why should they care if I can't vote? Then, it does that matter? But then, to another extent, having got to having been following Amy for a while, um, I've come to, um, see that she really does seem to care about the issues rather than just the vote. It's extremely important to 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 reach out and to tell your story because that's one of the because that story that you told about your immigration issues that's the one that she's going to use as as an example of why we should do right why we should pass legislation or why we should why we should um, um, press an issue you have to you, you, you don't ever feel stymied by the fact that you can't. Uh, that, that you that you are not a voting member of their of their constituency. You still are, and um, and these are really these are these are real concerns that the legislators have to hear. They um, you know they represent their their the people in their district. They have to do right by them. So it, regardless of whether or not you can cast a ballot for, um, in their name, you know, for them. 
So I would not use that as um, as, a, as a reason why you should not call. Yeah, I mean, if you're under 18, if you're not a citizen, whatever, um, it still it still matters to hear all of that information. It's still very meaningful. I, I wanted to throw in as well. Um, I, I I work with, and and I must admit, I I hate the phrase millennials. I, I kind of feel like it's middle-aged people feeling bitter about not being young anymore and coining a term. <laughs> I but uh, I, and I kind of hope I might just barely fall into the term of millennials, but probably that's wishful thinking. But anyway, so I, I worked with them, and I really hate the uh, the idea that millennials are just layabouts who didn't vote and, and ruined our country. Um, but I, I do work with a, with a guy who's 25 and uh, and didn't vote. <laughs> Impact says, Spectre, you'll always be a millennial to me. Thank you, sir. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I work with a 25-year-old guy, didn't vote, and he said to me recently, you know, I feel kind of bad. Like, uh, you know, I thought politics was just dumb, and I was wasting my time with it, and I didn't bother voting. There was a long line. I just didn't want to do it. Um, now I see the way things are going, and I, and I feel feel a sense of regret, and I feel like there should be something I'm doing. You know, would I be wasting my time? And, and you know, first of all, I made the point, your, your your politicians that you're speaking to, firstly, they're probably just going to be glad you're not a crazy talking about aliens, reading your mind, or you know the FBI reading your your brainwave through a microwave or whatever. You know, they're probably just glad to be talking to someone sane and coherent and with a reasonable argument. Um, but but secondly, I said to him, you know, I I know you're not a bad guy, and and I know the reason you're feeling regret is because whether you didn't vote or whether you voted what you now feel is the wrong way, you probably made that choice for some personal reason. You know, Maybe it was because you thought financially you'd be better off. Maybe you were just lazy. Whatever reason it was, you, you probably made some personal impulse at the time to, to go a certain way, and you're now regretting that. And probably the reason you're regretting it is because there are now groups whose physical or personal safety is at risk because of that decision and because of this decision of a, of a large number of people in this country. Um, but, you know, feeling regret over that decision is not the wrong thing. And, and trying to do something about it now is not, you know, it, it's not too late. It's not water under the bridge. There are, there are ways that you can still influence things now which are very, very meaningful. And it doesn't matter which way you voted or whether you voted in the first place. Doing things about it now, are, are, you know, that's the right way to be going. That sounds like good advice. Uh, wow. So we, man, we've burned an hour <laughs> somehow. Um, so uh, I guess we've talked about uh, the Women's March. We've talked about what it is. And, and I guess, you know, in a nutshell, we're talking about a lot of buses going to Washington, D.C. Uh, this, this Saturday primarily is, is the Women's March. Um, a lot of buses from all over the place going to Washington, D.C., and then a lot of localized marches in pretty pretty much seems to be every city across the U.S. and, and, and beyond, um, as well as other marches for other minority groups in, in, in other places. So there's a, a lot going on. Um, I think we'll be posting some links to the Women's March as well as some other resources after this show as well. Um, any, uh, I guess, one, one point, you know, we... We do a lot in this show about preparedness, about safety. Um, any safety tips for going on the Women's March? I mean, do, do you think it's it's safe itself, the march in D.C., or is there anything that you'd recommend that people do to make themselves safe? 
Uh, I was reading on one of the of my Facebook groups, or maybe it was just a friend of mine who had posted some some pretty good tips about staying hydrated and using the bathrooms and bringing snacks and 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 basic safety like that. That's not tremendously, you know. I I have given it some thought. Do you think that you know the National Guard or that Trump, you know, there would be some sort of insane sort of reaction? Um, I I. I I don't know, but I do give it thought because my 14-year-old daughter is coming. So um, we're just kind of keeping warm and, and practical things, you know, like how to how to save a day and have the right supplies and dress the right way. But I don't know. Does anybody else think there's there's a risk? I think there's some bikers for Trump or, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be uh, some groups out there that are going to try to engage in some sort of uh, to to make it more intimidating, combat. yeah, instigating. I, I I think so, and and then to try to make turn a negative spin on the march. I I think that would be something to look out for and to not engage. Right, don't engage in any hecklers. I mean, this is what we told our um, you know our folks. And, you know, don't engage any hecklers. Use the buddy system because there are going to be so many people out there. Um, um, you know, um, you know. Right. Remove yourself uh, from a situation if it escalates, um, and you know, just continue to remind yourself while you're marching. But other, but some other um, practical things too that I heard um, was, uh, um, and I don't know if we are going to have room in our clear backpacks um, uh, for this, but uh, God forbid there is pepper spray out there. Carry carry a small little container of milk. Because yeah, if you have to flush out your eyes, you have to flush out your eyes with milk, not water. You know, I heard Maalox is also even better than milk, but that I don't know. You could, might want to Google that. But then you could at least um, have a nice small thing of Maalox, no? Yeah. Right. Well, you know, we, Spectre uh, um, and I being on uh, members of the initiative, uh, we, we also took part in neutral security for um, all of the Occupy uh um, events in our area, and, and I know his was huge in New York, and as were the ones in in San Francisco and Oakland here. Um, and we provided, like I said, neutral security, and there was always the threat, <clears throat> as there's want to be in in uh, events like this that are very publicized. Um, there's always the threat of of instigators that can turn things violent. There's always the threat of pepper spray from, you know, law enforcement if things should go wrong and you being caught in the crossfire. What I would offer here, since uh, since we in the initiative also teach free self-defense classes, is um, I would definitely look up ways to to help. Like you said, the milk's a good idea. I know that we when we were in uh, helping with Occupy, they would have, they would advise people to carry Ziplocs with bandanas soaked in, and I'm not going to misquote what they said, but soaked in something, and it's household, whatever it was, uh, to keep with you. So should there be pepper spray that you would still be able to breathe through that liquid-soaked bandana? I think it was something as simple. It might have even been Maalox, like I said. Uh, Also, what I would tell you, not just as marchers, but as people, just just everyday people out there, the the main thing that we teach in all of our initiative groups across, well, the the world now, uh, when we teach self defense, is awareness and good positioning, and and really 
awareness will save your life whether you're out in a car, whether you're out on the street, whether you're in a club, it doesn't matter. If you've got the awareness and you make sure of good positioning, you know where your safe spots are, you know where your exits are, and in this case, where the safest spot to be is should something break out. Just make sure that you're constant, constantly vigilant. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean paranoid. It means just aware and not caught off guard because it's, it's when you're tired. I don't want to lecture anybody, but I really do want to. I just want to see everybody come out of this safely. Um, it's when you're tired and when you're careless, that's when things happen. So please, the buddy system is a great idea. The de-escalation is fantastic. Um, pair that with good positioning and, and really good awareness for that entire time, and, and you'll come home and have a wonderful story to tell your, your you know, just anybody who comes after you. <laughs> and I, I found that uh, bandana thing you're talking about, Rockets, to avoid tear gas. You want a bandana that's soaked in vinegar that's or, what or apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. I knew it was something something very simple. If you don't have a gas mask. <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to be carrying gas masks. So, yeah. yeah. And just a reminder, if people can just make sure they check the um, current restrictions from um, – anywhere official rather than um, relying too much on rumors and things like that because I've got a horrible feeling with them restricting uh, backpacks and other things that people won't be aware of that and will be turned away. Um, So that we need to make sure that we are prepared and um, willing to comply with even things that don't particularly make sense just so we can be allowed to march because that would be an easy way to shut people down if they suddenly say, oh, no, you can't have your face covered or you can't bring that with you and then you can't participate. True, true. Just be aware of what they, uh, what restrictions they have out there, and and if you can carry things in your pocket, that's great. You know, if if you, it's good to take a ton of things with you in the backpack, and just you know for what if, just in case scenarios. But like she said, if they tell you no backpacks, then those things have to fit somewhere else. The essentials do at least. Absolutely, and we we got a ton of uh, people talking in our chat room. Very very active tonight. We got Tree Song, our, our man who runs the uh, the Illinois Initiative up in Chicago, saying that he's going to be marching on Saturday with the Women's March in Southern Illinois. Good on good on you, Tree Song, as as usual. Uh, Impact saying even Mississippi's having one. And uh, Pamela was just talking about the. Um, uh, the, the subject we were just discussing around pepper spray, saying that uh, Maalox or Milanta too for pepper spray, and Impact saying that uh, painters' masks work for, for soaking as well. So, uh, um, yeah, lo- lots of good advice. We'll, we'll be posting links up to any uh, any kind of uh, uh, useful resources after the show as well. And just so you know, there's also this um, Google. Um, this um, if, it, if you. If you Google Facebook and um, kind of like re- uh, welcome stops, um, there's a great Google Maps with uh, with um, hotels and other places that uh, will have well, that will open up their facilities for bathroom for people to use bathrooms and to get snacks. Um, so you don't have to just rely on those porta potties that they're going to have there. That's yeah, Fantastic. that's very useful. 
And you know what? I mean, yeah. I, I, they may not be mingling with everybody, but I think one thing that's probably going to improve the safety of the group is, as far as I heard, there's a bunch of celebrities going as well, right? Including, I've seen, uh, you know, we even posted a photo on our show tonight of uh, Jessica Jones knitting a pussy hat. Um, and I, I hear there's a whole bunch of other celebrities heading down for this march as well. Mm-hmm. Gloria Steinem is going to be there. Um, let's see. Uh, um, Rosie Perez definitely is going to be there. Amy Schumer is going to be there. She's going to be marching um, against, um, um, you know, um, speaking out about gun violence. I mean, there there's a huge big there's a huge big rally that starts at 10 o'clock. I know that Planned Parenthood, a little further away, has um, their own rally starting too. Another thing that you should think about too, um, you know, if you're taking a bus down there. What's going to happen is that um, D.C. is closing up, is closing all the streets to, um, um, to traffic for, uh, you know, due to security reasons. So any buses are going to have to park at RFK Stadium. And so you've got now, let's say, RFK Stadium in the two parking lots. They have room for 1,300 buses. And um, a few week, days ago, uh, it was reported that they had um, a request for permits for 1,200 buses. Um so now, so now you've got a whole influx of people um, that are going to be at RFK Stadium, which is about two and a half miles away from the start, from for the gathering location for the march and the rally. So how are people going to get there? Well, I will tell you that the first, that the closest um, a metro stop happens to be the Armory Stadium um, station, but that means that there are going to be a ton of people going there. So if you have so. Um, if you can get your hands on um, a metro rail um, card beforehand, I know that um, that we told our folks to go ahead and order theirs um, in advance because the lines are going to be ridiculously long. Um, you're going to uh, you, you might be better off um, uh, walking that two and a half miles. Um, but the only problem is the, that's along a pretty busy street because I was just looking at the map um, last night. Uh, you know. So you've got you're going to have a ton of people, and one of the things that you might also want to think about too, if you're taking a bus down there, and if their bus organizers have not thought about it, how are you ever going to find your bus among 1,200, 1,300 buses? You might want to reach out to your bus organizer and say, listen, we need to 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 do a little bit of flair on our bus so that we can so that we can tell ours apart from from uh, from yours because. Um, because uh, um, chances are there's going to be a huge exodus at RFK Stadium at that time, and it's going to be very, very, um, um, you know, people will get lost and confused about which bus they should get on. And if um, if uh, um, if um, everyone else is leaving around uh, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and the rally technically ends, or the march technically ends at 5, um, the bus drivers are bumping up on DOT regulations where they can only work a certain amount of hours. Um, so a lot of buses are going to have to leave at 5 or 5.30 on the nose. So, um, so if you can't find your bus in time, you're kind of out of luck. So, so I suggest to everyone who's taking a bus down there to go in and um, and contact your organizer and say, what are you doing about this? Um, another thing, too, is if you're driving down there, um, forget about getting anywhere close to the gathering location. You know, have, have someone drop you off on, on the outskirts of D.C. and or park on the outskirts of D.C. and take um, public transportation in because you are not going to get anywhere near that um, um, with your car. Oh, good, good tips. 
for anyone going down there. And, you know, I'm thinking with all this talk about the, the March itself, I'm sorry, I keep clearing my throat. I've had that three-and-a-half-week cold that seems to be going around to everybody in the world, at least around here. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to try to talk through it. But I almost wish we had scheduled a follow-up um, show just to hear your thoughts and to hear what everyone thought um, on next Tuesday. Uh and I don't know. I don't know if we can shuffle things around, Spectre, but I, I would love to hear uh, some firsthand, uh, you know, accounts of, of just what went down there. Um, hopefully it'll be, it'll be mild and, but exhilarating at the same time. But I, I think that'd be a wonderful thing to hear next Tuesday. Yeah, so we, we actually have another guest lined up next Tuesday who I'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> Pretty pretty cool. So um, we may struggle next Tuesday, but I, I think maybe the one after that. I think we may be good. So we'll uh, we we would yeah, as you say, we would definitely love to hear what the experience was. And like you say, hopefully it was a it was a fun and constructive and, and positive one, and uh, and everything went pretty smoothly. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you know, I guess in general, then what we're hoping to see this weekend, if we if we look on the uh, look on the news on Saturday, is is a sea of women wearing pink hats in Washington D.C., uh, peacefully protesting and uh, and marching um, for uh, for a whole bunch of positive causes, including women's rights. Oh yeah, this is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Um, yeah, and as I say, there are there are marches. All over other cities of the country, I'm hoping to be involved in the uh, in the LGBTQ march in in Manhattan. Um, again, thousands and thousands of people look like they're going to be turning up for that. Exactly the same safety precautions as we just talked about, and the same the same kind of transport uh, nightmares as well. So, uh, so be prepared for that. And I think that's going to apply wherever you are in the U.S. or, or even abroad. Um, you know, I, I've even heard of people who are marching in London and, and uh, you know, and, and other people I know in the UK who are doing similar things just because they feel the need to do something. And, and that's that's not a bad thing, like we said earlier. So, uh, um, so yeah, all good on, on that that side of things. Um, so I guess what what happens from here? So we do the march on Saturday. Uh, we, we send out a very positive message. What What's next for the people who are involved in the Women's March or the Pussy Hat Project? Well, I hope that we can that we can rally to uh, to uh, um, keep this move, move, moving going. Um, that we can build on this momentum to effect positive change. I mean, that that sounds very very trite, but you know what? You know how do you, how do you define positive change? Um, you know um, when when you see let's say let you know talk, speaking from the political um, angle, if you see legislation being um, being uh, discussed. Um, that is going to detrimentally affect your group or a group that you care about that you are going to be able to step up and say we won't have this um we hope that people are going to um be able to band together to to um to go out and and advocate for these marginalized groups um you know maybe people you know um a lot of these a lot of um organizations um that 
uh, support and protect these marginalized groups? Well, they're nonprofits, and you know, nonprofits um, a lot, most of them operate on shoestring budgets. So, so maybe this march is going to galvanize you to go and write that check that's going to help them with their bottom lines. You know, all of these things, everything. I, I really don't see anything bad happening from this march. I think anything stemming from it is going to be, is going to be a step in the right direction. Like you said before, it's, it's, it's completely. It, it, it's inspiring, and it gives you hope that the world is not really dark. Martin Luther King um, um, had a had a great quote: "Only in the darkness can you see the stars." And I think that that's what this is. We are going to see a lot of stars come about. Absolutely, that's a perfect quote for tonight, and it's it reflects the way I've been feeling about all this because there's so much darkness. It, it feels like it, there there's so much fear. And anger and everything just had this, it, things just took a dark turn. <clears throat> and and you're right, through all that, we're seeing this, these stars, you know, there are going to be, how many of them marching, as far as I'm concerned, they're all those little stars, pinpoints of light being out there in, you know, uh, in Washington and around the world in the sister marches. So, yeah, I think that, that is the most appropriate quote that, that uh, we could have heard for tonight. And, and I've got to ask as well, I'm sure the, the Pussy Hat Project is something that people are going, to, are going to want to hang on to for posterity. Um, I would say, <clears throat> I would just throw out there the idea that, you know, we're, we're getting to some very, very cold spells here in New York. If people have hats, whether they're pink or, or whatever, I don't care, um, that they don't want, that they want to donate, um, we're doing a ton of homeless outreach at the moment, and uh, we would gladly collect them and, and give them to homeless people. And uh, I, you know, you know what? I love the idea of a sea of women in pink hats in Washington D.C. I even more love the idea of, a, of, of homeless people in cheerful pink hats in New York with mm-hmm. warm heads who would otherwise mm-hmm. be cold. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for somewhere to give a, a good home to give your pussy hat to. I, I reckon there would be some grateful people out there on the streets of, of, of any city who would gladly accept them. That's a good, That's a good, a good suggestion. But I'll be honest, I bet these people, I bet everybody who's got one is going to want to hang on to it and sport it as often as they can, thinking, you know, hey, this this is a continuous statement on my head here. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I don't know. It's yeah. a trophy of a brave weekend in Washington, D.C., doing something positive then so be it. I, I wouldn't I right. wouldn't judge for that. I also think I was out I was out in Manhattan today and I saw several just out on the street and everyone when we spotted each other we just did a high five and then we were swapping our plans for the march and where we'd seen hats and it was such a unifying thing and my hope is that the hats themselves come to represent this kind of sense of renewed hope and vigilance. Um and just holding people to account, um, mm-hmm. they they're responsible for our safety, and we need to make sure that they take that seriously. And I I like the idea that the hats will continue, I and mean, I'm certainly going to struggle to stop making them. So, um, I've got a waiting list now. So, I'd like them to continue as a symbol, whether that's on homeless people or vulnerable people or anybody. And uh, Pamela in our chat room says, make a second hat and donate to shelters. A very, very good idea. Like you say, there's really? no, reason, no reason why we need to stop making these things. That's very cool. Right. Brilliant. You could use them as I a got, great fundraiser handout packs, impact thing. Huh. 
<laughs> Fun. That's a good idea, too. Yeah, you guys are smart in the chat room. I like you guys. <laughs> Agreed. So we've got seven minutes left, Spectre. <clears throat> what? Uh, yeah. yeah, I know you had spoken about uh, a couple of things you wanted to touch on uh, quickly before we uh, before we you know close the show out this evening. And I'm I'm really hoping because I'm really I'm I'm completely inspired now. Um, just can't wait for this weekend. I think we're going to make a few signs or such. But uh, I I didn't want to bypass what it was that you wanted to talk about. Also, you had brought up another subject or two. Well, I think. I mean, just real quick. So we, we've got a few things going on that we would ask for people's help. Um, and and I think you know most of these are countrywide. In fact, internationally. Um, one of them is we're putting together a March uh, big homeless outreach event, um, essentially a spin-off of, of something known as Project Hope, which we won't give you the whole boring history of, but uh, which is a, an, an initiative um, homeless outreach event in March. And during that event, we, we, we actually were doing very, very well on our homeless outreach side for, for a number of reasons. But uh, we're always looking for winter clothing. Uh, we're always looking for socks. We're always looking for hats and gloves and warm coats. And, uh, and you know, there's so much in demand at this time of the year. So if anyone has any homeless supplies to donate, whether it's food or clothing or what have you, uh, drop us a, a message on the Facebook page for Heroes 101, and we can put you in touch with your local group. Um, who would gladly either arrange shipping or would arrange uh, to pick it up. So the, on, the, on the homeless side of things, we we do this all the time. You know, it's not just March. We do this typically on a weekly basis across our regions. So uh, anything you can donate is very helpful there. And, and you know, if you, if you haven't got any supplies, we can hook you up with Amazon wish lists and uh, lists of things that we desperately need to, to help the people who need it. So uh, homeless side of things, we, we could use your help Um in New York specifically, we're, uh, we're actually collecting at the moment for a local charity we had on this radio show called Room to Grow um, a, a few weeks back. Um, they, they specifically are looking for toys, books, or clothing for children aged zero to three years old. So if you're in the New York area, if you're cleaning out the closets, have good condition kids' toys, clothing, or books for, for zero to three years old. Uh, again, send us a message through the, the Facebook group, and we'll, uh, we would love to, to pick those things up. Um, the deadline for us to do it is essentially a week today. So if you can get us anything within the next week, um, then we'll make sure that gets to room to grow. Or, you know, if it's outside of that time frame, we can, we can help you uh, get your stuff to them as well. It's, it's an ongoing relationship we have with them. Um, and last but not least, next week on Heroes 101 Radio, we have... Uh, uh, almost a linked show to tonight. So, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot tonight about um, uh, objectifying women and, and some of the, the recent comments and so on. Uh, next week's guest is is a really interesting one. We, uh, we're we going to be uh, hosting a, a website called Addy Positivity. And Addy Positivity is, is essentially a photographer called Substantia Jones, um, who uh, is a, another New Yorker who... who essentially pushes body positivity for larger people. And, and she'll be very clear on calling the people fat people. And uh, the message is there's nothing necessarily wrong. You, you're going to encounter fat people. Fat, you, fat people are in relationships. Fat people love each other. Fat people have sex. And, and you know whether you like it or not, that's not going to go away. And that by shaming fat people into a spiral of weight loss and weight gain, which supports a multi-billion dollar industry, 
purely on that that spiraling uh, the the, uh, the the upswing and downswing of people's weight. Uh, you, you're not helping those people. You you know there are mental health costs, and and maybe it's better just to be happy. And and it should be an interesting debate around that. So uh, and and Substantia Jones is very very well spoken, very uh, very well educated on this topic, and and extremely entertaining to talk to. So I, I think uh, next week's one should be an interesting one as well. Before we uh, we loop back in with the uh, with our awesome guests who are on tonight and find out how things went in Washington D.C. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. A lot of positive ways to start off the year for everyone, and uh, especially Heroes 101 Radio. I'm loving it. Yeah, I have to say, you know, I feel grateful every time I'm on the air on this show because we get to we get to interview awesome people. We have serious topics. We have stupid, geeky topics where we just get silly for an episode. And I learn something pretty much every single show and, and get to talk to some great people. And tonight has been absolutely no exception. So uh, I, I've got to say I'm really, really grateful for, for Lisa and Emily for coming on the show, for Shauna and Ellie as well, and uh, as usual for my, uh, for my lovely co-host Rock and for Nightbug on the soundboards. You guys, are, uh, you guys uh, always put a smile on my face. Thank you. Yeah, I have to say thank you so much, ladies. I have learned so much tonight, really. And uh, and like I said, you inspired me. And I love that because uh, now we want to go forward and take that inspiration and, and turn it into action. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. And I hope we inspired those of you listening, too. If not, wake up. Check your pulse. Check your pulse. Something's going <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. This Thanks is fun. For having us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, ladies. Have a safe and productive weekend in Washington, D.C. And to anyone listening, we'll be posting links up of everything that we've talked about tonight, including ways that you can get involved as well. So uh, check out the links, get involved, and uh, and share your stories with us afterwards and let us know how it went. And watch me on oh. CBS on Thursday morning. Oh, man, yes. Yeah, there watch you Ellie go. on CBS on Thursday morning to find out more on the Pussy Hat Project. That's fantastic. Any idea yeah, what time? time. It varies depending on region. It's being distributed to the um, individual networks, so it will be sometime. And I suspect it will be repeated. I mean, they tend to be fairly circular. So it will be sometime on Thursday morning. We'll be, we'll be spamming out a link with that, uh, with that recording as well, so you can, uh, you can watch it courtesy of us as soon as it comes out. There you go. It'll be more fun to watch it on CBS, though. <laughs> Live. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Good job, so. Great job, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, and Ellie, thank you. God, 35 hats That's and, and more coming. Wow. Oh, it's 36 <laughs> now. I just finished another one. <laughs> Did you? There you go. Yeah, yeah wow. I just <laughs> Ellie, I have the first four inches of my first hat, which is good. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so. fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, well, ladies, Thank you so much. Thank you, Spectre, as always. Uh, your dulcet tones always make our show that much richer. So everybody have a wonderful night and a safe week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Now on, you do as I tell you.